0: I'm Jacob Gimmel, an audio engineer and musician. Creation has been such a huge element in my life, and I believe that everyone in the world should be able to create. This podcast will shine a spotlight on the stories of people in music. If you like this podcast and want to hear more, hit the subscribe button. I believe Nick Reinhardt is objectively one of the most interesting guitarists of right now. He recently released a record called Disheveled Cuss. And yeah, I scored an awesome interview. I'm super stoked to have him on. This is Nick.
1: Um, A memory, you know, like when when musicians are telling the story about, oh yeah, my dad played Beatles records in the house. So that was like my first memory of like, is hearing Beatles records. I don't have anything like that. Around, like, probably nine years old is, like, the Nirvana and Metallica era of being, you know, a little kid hearing rock music, you know, on the radio and in, in the car and at barbecues and stuff. So it's, like, that's, that's the sounds that I associate with, you know, kind of um, shaping me as a musical human it's it's really important stuff happens at nevermind i kind of half grew up in southern california and half half grew up in northern california um through like you know divorced parents and multiple families and stuff and visits and all that and in southern california um my stepbrother chris who was my age um was like into skateboarding and surfing and so i got into skating through him and i feel like you know he was he was kind of like the cool one and, you know he had bleached hair and okay i want to bleach my hair and also chris got a guitar first chris got a guitar for christmas when we were 11 and i got probably a video game or something and so i definitely heard about cool things from him and then also you know since getting into like skateboarding you know you kind of like start checking out skate related things skate videos maybe going to like the skate shop and you know there's such like Punk rock culture is so, you know, tied to skateboarding and that whole world, you know. And then I can also remember um, being at, like, a grandparent's house for some event or something, maybe a holiday, and being in the other room watching MTV and seeing Sex Pistols Anarchy in the UK, like, maybe late at night on, like, a weird, you know, MTV whatever, like the program would have been, but I can remember like hearing the sex pistols for the first time. And then maybe like my uncle walking in and commenting on it, like, Oh yeah, like sex pistols are awesome. You should check them out. You know? And so that was like another thing that kind of sticks out in my head is the first time I heard sex pistols, but you know, it all, it all comes. If you're, if you're listening to Nirvana and you get really into Nirvana, the path pointed towards hearing about those other bands kind of by default you know you're gonna go down like the aggressive punk rock loud fast skateboarding it's just like by design that's automatically what happened when i was probably probably 15 and a half is when i started you know playing music with friends like oh hey my my buddy's getting a drum set cool you live down the street i can like bring my guitar amp over and I don't know if it's going to be loud enough to play with a drum set, but let's try it, you know? So it's probably around that age that I start playing music and just again, it's sort of like the default thing. You play punk music because it's easy to play. It's, you know, it's kind of sloppy. And when you're skateboarding and you're like a fearless teenager, you want to like do things that are fast and like loud and aggressive, you know? So played punk music. Um, in just different formats with different friends and, yeah, did bands and stuff, nothing that ever, like, toured, but, you know, played shows and did that thing across, you know, different bands and then kind of, like, played in a hardcore band for a second. You know, like, just did a few of those things before landing um, around, I think, I was trying to do the math, actually, earlier for some reason. Uh, I think 2004 is when we, me and, you know, a few guys are like, hey, let's do a new band, which kind of turns into Terra
0: How did Dishevel Cuss happen?
1: Okay, so that was, you know, uh, a record band project thing that i had been working on for well a really really long time and then i guess two years ago i kind of uh you know got the bug to finish it and make it a real thing and complete it so um the way the timeline for that worked out was um it all got completed i don't i don't remember exactly when. Sometime uh, I guess well I want to say last year sudden last year is such a blur and I guess that's kind of maybe what your this <laughs> this podcast is about but um, basically that all wraps up and we go okay cool this is going to come out in I think it was like uh, January, March, April, May I think it was supposed to come out in May originally. I don't even remember when that, that record came out. But, um, you know obviously covid happens pandemic in these parts um around march you know when it first went going down well probably this is just like goes across the board no one really knew what was going on right so we didn't know if this how long this is going to last so every band is like you know their tour and postponing it for two months later and everything just keeps kind of extending because we know how how much into the future we were supposed to be you know um looking at this. And so the record, I think got pushed month, pushed back another month, and then actually just came out. Um, and in terms of what the setup for it was, well, you know, thought, okay, I'm, I'm going to finally finish this new band, this record, and it will kind of just be this new entity thing that I can, you know, have a lot of focus on. Uh, and that all went away. <laughs> so um, in terms of how it changed, well, it just kind of, I mean i don't want to say it went away but all of my plans you know i had a bunch of touring plans for it which probably i could have parlayed into more touring and then working on another record and then this and this you know all of that goes away um and i guess maybe um in the last since i almost for about a year now i've been maybe trying to figure out what it means to readjust that particular setup and what i'm working on and I haven't actually necessarily figured out what, you know, this all means for the project of mine, but, um, you know, I, I spent the first, I guess, maybe January, February, uh, March, April, June, maybe sometime in, around the summer is when I just, I mean, I didn't really do anything musically um, until summer, I think. And then finally was like, all right, maybe I should just kind of like start thinking about how to do this, you know, because it was really depressing and weird. To just have it, you know, the rug pulled out from under you, just like probably everyone um, experienced. So um, I didn't even really start considering how to adjust, you know, how my my perception on this whole thing musically until months and months into it. Um, and all I've really done thus far is sort of figure, well, okay, you know, no shows, no touring, obviously. I mean, it's even really difficult to just be in the room with other people, you know? So um, I guess maybe writing, I started writing more music. That's the only thing that I've really adjusted and kind of started recording. Not kind of. I have started recording more. Um, And I guess maybe my perspective has shifted to, okay, um, maybe that's what I need to do, kind of get more into, like, uh, just like actually documenting recorded music as opposed to you know bigger picture oh start this band and go through the whole process of doing it and it being you know this real thing that exists maybe for now a lot of this has to exist just in the studio you know
0: i know there are a bunch of people out there that are super excited about that record from my perspective i feel like that record would hit in a different kind of way live. So I can totally see how it felt like the rug getting pulled from under under you. How's everything else going? Are you surviving? You mentioned you're not in a room with another person. I mean, that's good. You know, stay safe.
1: Um, I, well, up until, I guess up until the election, I had unemployment going, which was extremely helpful. Uh, But, you know, to anyone listening to this that's had to go through figuring out unemployment, you know, for the first time, it's a nightmare. None of it makes sense. It's just such a shit show kind of thing. So that really helped. I don't currently have that anymore. And it's really confusing as to, like, how it works for instance, you know, you log onto the site and one day it says one thing, then the next day the site doesn't work, and then the day after that it says a new thing. So mm-hmm. it's really confusing. And I tend to do this thing where I get like over like paperwork and just like really like boring tax stuff or this unemployment thing or government or DMV. I tend to like totally just get so stressed out dealing with any of that. I just kind of like put it out of sight out of mind and then forget about it which is really not good to do that but that's kind of where I'm at with with it right now so I'm like fuck I definitely need to like go back and figure that out cuz that's like my lifeline right now you know like just probably like you know zillions of other people uh but besides that um how am I making it work out um I gave a guitar lesson today you know, like through Skype, I, I do that a little bit, but I really, really don't love giving guitar lessons, especially online, just because it's just somehow zaps me so bad. Like, I know that's like kind of being whiny, but like giving an hour guitar lesson on Skype through like, you know, just technology isn't great for it. And you have to like talk really loud and enunciate and then the the signal's getting kind of weird and it's just it really really like zaps the life out of me so i i don't like do that as much as i probably should be doing it just because i could you know earn a little bit more money doing that but i do guitar lessons sometimes um and then just like i've done a couple of pedal demo related things um i've got a few of those coming up so those are helpful uh and just fortunately like the year not last year but the year before that i was busy enough you know in touring and putting stuff out and you know doing the whole the whole deal of just being you know a working musician that i kind of i guess of money that with the unemployment i i haven't like freaked out yet you know what i mean during covid in terms of like oh my god what am i gonna do i need to like borrow money from someone a parent or a business loan or something. I haven't had to do any of that yet. Just I've sort of been able to make it work out. But it's not, it's really uninteresting stuff, you know, in terms of like what it has all been.
0: If you could go back in time to the early days of Terra Mellos and tell yourself, you know, the younger version of you, if you could tell yourself something, what would you say?
1: Um, I've thought about that quite a bit over the last couple years too and um i wish i had maybe not put every last remaining egg in the Prague weirdo basket because i i definitely you know um the disheveled cuss thing i'm referencing the stuff that like you know made me love music that that sound you know not the like proggy insanity noise weird sounds thing that came later um but anyways i just i i wish i would have like started um expanding a little bit more seriously uh you know a while ago I, i think about that quite a bit
0: that's, that's a, a, a really interesting way of answering that question because, uh, you know, for me as a listener, I feel like you do cover so much ground. And I think the transition into disheveled cuss and even just like some of the stuff that you've been posting on Instagram, it it it's not a uh, harsh transition, if you know what I mean. There's a learning curve with every genre, and I'm sure you had you know, some kind of thing that was new about these new uh, projects. But I think that how it came across Disheveled Cuss, especially, came across really strong.
1: I really... That, that's that's really cool to hear that. In other words, like, you know, I'm, I'm glad it didn't come off as like, what? This guy's going to do what now? Pop songs? This is weak, or wow you know like um cool like really cool i i guess maybe it, we we always had this like romanticized version of like oh terra like at some point this is gonna break and not that we're gonna be a big band but like this will be a thing you know it is a thing <laughs> i'm not trying to say it's not a thing but like you know you just especially in like the world of social media and just the way things are now like you can't help but like compare yourself to others and it's not even so much about it's not even comparing what like I've done to other people it's just like it's just a reality that exists whether or not you compare it or not or you pay attention to it but like you know my musical peers if, like it's just bizarre to have like so many like just about every single you know musical peer that i have like laughing me constantly you know what i mean and so that that just makes me go oh man like did i make the right decision by like going you know 100 on this one thing as long as i possibly could with the hopes that like oh this will at some point I, i'll be able to make a living off this or you know or maybe even more wow that would be crazy like if i can make you know, actually do well off of something like this. And I just think that was maybe like, you know, it's Taramello's is like such like a, a youthful energy blast of like what it feels like to be a kid and naive and just like, fuck it. Like we do what we want, you know? And, and it's just, I just wish I would have had like other, you know, other things going on at the same time, I guess. So,
0: uh, one of the things that I really like about dishevelled cuss is the balance between uh, lightness and heaviness. and uh, how like how did you reconcile those two things? Was it an unconscious effort or or was was that kind of an intentional thing having this uh, kind of a balance between positive and negative?
1: Well, do you mean like sonically or do you mean lyrically or melodically? How do you approach that?
0: I'm coming from it from a sonic angle, but, you know, perhaps there's other uh, dimensions to that.
1: Well, I mean, writing that kind of music, it's just it's very freeing in that there's not like a mission statement and making that record was not an art project to me. It was just, here are some songs, you know, that I like that I've been just kind of like stockpiling for literally 10 years, you know, whereas like Terramellos, the emphasis will always be on um, the kind of strange reality that the band exists in you know the the there's weird sounds there's fast drums there's like confusing chord progressions and that takes like a lot of mental energy to get it right for us you know get it to where we want it to be whereas writing the disheveled cuss music is like it's a whole other thing like there's no getting tripped up on um a sound or a bridge or literally a 15 second section of music that like takes us months and months to figure out, you know, or like me, um, you know, editing lyrics because fuck the, I can't stand this word. Like in Terra like it's so important that I get this word right to me, you know, like, <laughs> I don't know if that translates to anyone that, you know, listens to the music. Maybe it does subconsciously, but like all of those little nuances are so kind of crucial, to making the band what it is. Whereas like I said with the disheveled cuss thing, there's I'm not really like, taking that sort of thing into consideration. I'm just trying to write things that like 10-year-old me would have liked, you know?
0: Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah, I definitely get that from it. I think that uh yeah, it's it seems cathartic. It definitely brought me to an era. And not just that era, though. I felt like it was a kind of new take, so I I definitely in, have been enjoying that record.
1: Yeah, and, and you know what? Thank you. And maybe be having waited so long and sort of you know done all this other stuff for years and years and waited to do you know a I don't know straightforward pop rock whatever thing. You know, maybe that that's what made it the way that it is and a a fresh take on you know that kind of music was didn't start it seven years before you know what i mean so in that way obviously i it's it just goes without saying you know the the disheveled cuss record wouldn't exist the way it is now had i actually done it you know a long time ago or started thinking about doing it you know back then so it kind of all works itself out i guess when you look at it that way
0: I know that, uh, you know, you've been touring for a long time. Uh, Is there anything that can be done to help artists
1: out right now? Hmm. In terms of, like, regaining our livelihood?
0: Yeah, maybe it's uh, buying a record or or sweatshirt or shirt.
1: Yeah. Well all of that stuff really does help out. I'm tempted to like, just be like, you know, what would really, really help just straight up. If everyone would just listen to what scientists are saying about how to stop this thing, you know, and get back to a point where we can all like, you know, exist the way we want to, you know, and I know we're talking about artists, but obviously like the entire world, like, you know, needs help and support. Um, But yeah, in terms of like me and my friends and the whole like band music community, geez, I mean, I I even feel weird. I mean, I guess some people, a lot of people are still working and earning money but anytime there I see, like, you know, scrolling the feed online or whatever, and I see, like, donate to this cause, donate to this, oh, please do this, donate to this, uh, this Patreon, or, like, I'm selling this, I'm like, fuck, dude, this is crazy. How is anyone spending money right now? Like, mm. you know, like, I'm, I'm like fuck do I go get the Starbucks okay yeah I, I've earned a Starbucks for today you know what I mean stuff like that where it's like so <laughs> it's trippy to me to be like oh yeah well if people could you know like support artists on band camp especially on the band camp Fridays that's awesome the same hand I'm like I don't I don't really expect people to be able to like pay stuff right now because it's like how does anyone have any money you know there's got to be a whole lot of other people you know sitting in front of their computer like me trying to like figure out the maze of unemployment and what they're supposed to do next Mm. you know what i mean in other words like oh dude like (laughs) so funny i'm sure this is joke has been made a zillion times or this comment uh but you know the stimulus checks that we all get they're not these aren't like stimulating the economy they're just going straight to my landlord you know what i mean so it's just it's crazy to think about spending money right now, and I I have like through COVID, I mean, just like probably everyone to remain sane, I've like you know bought some things, a couple of things here or there that like make me happy, especially like you know music gear wise. But um, yeah, I don't know. That's a really long winded way of saying <laughs> I feel weird asking for support right now because I know everyone needs support, um, but you know, yes. Buying like merch or uh I don't know, any any anything help, honestly. And even if it's not buying stuff like, oh, this is kind of like corny, but like just listening to it or liking, clicking the like button or sharing something, tagging a musician something like all of that helps. You know, it just helps us like remain calm and I don't know. Everything helps. If you can buy stuff, cool, if you can stream stuff or listen to stuff, cool, you know, all of the above basically.
0: How do you see music changing in a post-COVID landscape?
1: Yeah. I think I think when this can come back for reals and not like under some weird version of which I, I mean, I don't even know. I know like six months ago we were talking about like, oh, maybe venues will reopen with the like limited capacity and social distancing and blah, blah, blah. And like, whether it's that or, you know, something maybe a, a little less uh, awkward or more quote unquote normal, you know, the way things used to be. I just think maybe it'll there'll be like more enthusiasm and like there'll be an energy to it, you know? I mean, it's going to be like, lit up when there are shows happening again like live entertainment without you know any sorts of like uh weirdness about like oh oh shit i don't know i feel weird being here like oh i i don't i don't have my mask but i see a person across the room they have their mask on fuck are they thinking that i'm an asshole because i'm not wearing mine or you know like when when that stuff i don't know like when that doesn't exist anymore it's just going to be I feel like really really energetic and there's just going to going to be like this glow to everything about how excited people are to like be at a four band like long-ass bill you know like ah oh, fuck you showed up and you know you thought you were going to get here just in time for the headlining band that you wanted to see and but now you're here and there's two more bands or whatever I just feel like all of the um like weird jadedness about it will go away and it'll just be like a really exciting era for live music and music in general but when when it gets there i mean that's kind of hard i was just like i can't remember what um country i was reading about but i just saw like an image of i don't know some country's prime minister out and about at a public event and it's like oh you know i guess we've probably seen this during covid where it's like, oh, this this first country to announce zero cases and fully back to normal. And it was crazy just seeing a photo like that. You're know, like, whoa, there it is. That's kind of like what we can look forward to. Like, And I was kind of like, you know, like going through the picture seeing like, is anyone wearing a mask? And no one was a mask And but it was just cool seeing that. Like, oh, wow, like maybe like it is possible we will get there in the next I don't know, like, it's kind of scary to say, but like, I mean, are we still another year away? Two years away? You know, I don't know. It, it could be like a very long time, it feels like, before this is not happening anymore.
0: Yeah, yeah, it could be. I don't know when it's gonna happen. Who knows? Um, Yeah, thank you so much for your time. It's been, yeah, great talking with you. On next week's Jamming In, the violinist Jennifer Coe.